What up my glip glops? Welcome to Animations and Libations. My name is CJ and today I'm talking about Rick and Morty. Wait a minute, didn't we just release an episode on Rick and Morty? Yes, we did, but as promised, I wanted to bring you a little bit about the history of this show. I'm always really interested in the creative process and how a show develops and evolves as it's getting made through kind of the planning stages into execution. But before I get into it, I just wanted to talk about my drink of the day. I chose an English pale ale that's called Pompous Ass. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, Rick, that's totally another Rick drink. So once again, I'm embodying his spirit and really actually enjoying this pale ale. If you want to check it out, go over to our Instagram page. It's animations and libations. Like all our photos, see if you can find these drinks. But if you want to hear more about Rick and Morty, stick around. So those of you who are diehard fans of this show probably know how this show came into being. It originally was kind of a big F.U. to networks and lawsuits. See, at the time, Justin Roiland, basically one of the creators of the show, was releasing this online series called House of Cosbys, and it's basically about this scientist who starts cloning, you guessed it, Bill Cosby, and they each get weirder and weirder, well, he was starting to get cease and desist letters for this portrayal of Cosby, although with what's come to light, this is really nothing in comparison to the actual Cosby. But I don't want to get any letters, so I'm just going to smooth over that. So as a big FU, he wanted to create this show, web series, comic, whatever you want to call it, called The Real Adventures of Doc and Marty. Marty spelled M-H-A-R-T-I. It was supposed to be a ripoff on Back to the Future. And if you find this video, you can see it on his Vimeo account. You can find it on YouTube. Look it up. It's a really short animation all about basically Marty McFly and Doc Brown going back in time to kill a guy who planted a tree so Marty can fly a kite. It's ridiculous right there, but then it gets really, really crude. The way they solve these problems is by having Marty basically lick Doc's balls, and then at one point he starts to give him a blowjob, and Justin was trying to make this as crude as possible, just to kind of piss people off. But the more he kind of thought about it and worked on it and sat on it, the more he fell in love with this idea. So he actually started to protect it and alter it enough so that he was able to pitch it to a studio. And he brought in his good friend and former colleague, Dan Harmon, to work on it with him. So when they went to pitch this to the network, they sold it in a day and then had to figure out the actual script. And legend has it, aka interviews and things that I read online, said that they wrote the pilot in six hours in Dan Harmon's office on the lot where they were filming Community at the time. They just sat on the floor, had their laptops out, and worked away at it, knowing that if either of them left the room, it would probably take months to finish, so they just powered through it. And that might explain why the first episode isn't one of my favorites. The rest get so much more creative, so much more in-depth into the science and the universe. But this first one, that makes a lot of sense. If you're just spitballing ideas, it's just the main premise of, okay, it's going to be this grandfather who's going on adventures with his grandson and the dumb family that they live with. Sure. After that, they start getting really wacky and weird, yet also brilliant. 
Now, I've also heard that Justin wanted to keep these episodes to around 11 minutes, and if you listen to my sketch on The Weekenders, you'll see that you can tell a whole story in 11 minutes if you have a very set premise. But I thank God that these networks and execs wanted a full length, in quotes, I guess for a cartoon, 22-minute episode? I think that's why they're able to tell such complex stories or multiple stories at the same time. If these guys thought they were going to be able to condense all this material to 11, just think what they'd be able to do when they cranked it up to 22. 11 was already one more. 22 is twice that. Anyways, I think we're just going to see this show keep growing and growing as time goes on, as they get more comfortable, as their viewers get used to this fantasy world where anything can happen. It's crazy, because when I say anything can happen, I actually mean it. One thing that this show does is something called retro scripting. Basically what it means is that these voice actors can ad-lib in a scene. That's part of their creative process. They give each actor an outline, like a plot breakdown of this is what's going to happen in this episode, and they leave it up to the actor to decide what their character would really say in that moment, which I think is totally awesome. I think that's why you get some of this brilliance out of Justin, is because he's playing these eponymous characters. He's portraying both Rick and Morty in scenes. So now that he's been doing it for this many years, he really does know how these characters would react. And I think that gives them a lot more freedom in a scene to play around as opposed to dubbing in lines afterwards or just reading one sentence 10 different ways and the editor gets to choose which take they use. That gives these people much more liberty to explore. And that's why when Cam and I were talking that these characters and these worlds are so three-dimensional, even though the animation is flat, that's why. If you don't have your words written out in front of you, you need to really think about the character's motivations to know how the heck they're going to react. This actually explains some of the other things that bother me too. We pointed out how much these characters repeat themselves, for example, Rick is always saying, Morty, Morty, are you listening to me, Morty? We've got to figure this out. Morty, what are you doing, Morty? That's Justin's verbal crutch. He's using that to give himself another second or two to think about how he's going to react. I do that all the time with things like, yeah, and you know, and, and, but, anyways, all those sorts of filler words. That's Rick's filler word. As for the belching, they actually go out of their way to capture that. Justin drinks a mixture of beer and water and tries to capture the belches in takes. They say it's kind of disgusting, and that is dedication, my friend. I am trying very hard not to burp right now because I've had my beautiful pale ale, which was pretty heady at the top. I don't know if I captured that in the picture, but it was pretty frothy. But Justin purposely goes into the studio makes sure that he gets this carbonation in his stomach, and reads lines until he catches these burps on mic. I thought that was fascinating and really gross all at the same time. But either way, I think that's why this show is only going to improve as it goes on, because they are willing to go that extra mile, because they are willing to put down those boundaries and go anywhere or say anything. If the whole project started as kind of a revenge screw you guys... 
they're willing to kind of do anything with this. So I am so excited. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, you really need to watch it. Go online. There's tons of interviews and fact lists, like 108 facts about Rick and Morty, or behind-the-scenes quotes, or running gags throughout it. It's a whole universe out there. Multiple universes if you buy into the whole Rick and Morty-verse. Regardless. If you guys think I missed anything though, if there's anything else you wanted to add, if there's any other conversations you wanted to have about this show, send us an email at animationsandlibations at gmail.com or give us a shout out on Twitter where CJ and Cam spell it out, guys. You can figure it out. I know. I want to hear from you. Until next time, happy drinking. <laughs>